Fever, it's Brett from Fire Up and Steve Mascord needs to stop listening to bad 80s hair metal and play some punk rock for a change. Okay, uh, welcome to Wildlife Fever and um, I'm in Bangkok and my first guest is in Chicago, I think. It is Chicago, it's Trent Anderson from, uh, from Bang Tango, how are you? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you guys doing over there in Bangkok? I know that you're from Australia and we've uh, come to know each other. Basically, I, I think I stalked one of your websites or something like that uh, and, and was just a big fan of your of your writing and, and uh, all the work you've done. So thank you for having me on your show. I have no comment on what I'm doing in Bangkok at all. No comment. Um, but I, um, firstly, firstly, tell me um, um, about Bang Tango. You just come back from Germany. What were you doing there? We played the, um, we went over to Germany, we played the Shattered Hell Live Festival with Mike Tramp and with uh, um, Stephen Piercy of Rat. And then we did, uh, the night before that, we did a club, a small club called Ponchy Cats uh, with um, Mike Tramp. And everybody in Germany was amazing. Thank you guys who's ever listening from Germany. Thank you for having uh, open arms to Bang Tango because, man, we had a great time. We went over there in support of the new record, Pistol Whipped in the Bible Belt. And uh, it was just a really, really fun time, and we're looking forward to more shows over there. We're getting ready to go to Mexico City with Bastard Pussycat real soon, and uh, it's just been a great experience this whole ride, this whole year with this new record. So, and um, uh, tell me now, what we really want to ask you about is how you possibly could come to be a South Sydney fan. What's the story there? Okay, this is odd. Now, my wife was over there working in Australia for a month. Uh, she was supposed to be there for 10 days. She called me because she was going to be there for a month. And then two days later, she called me back and she said, you know, I'm surprised. I got you a plane ticket. Happy birthday. So I went over there for the last week of her trip. And I couldn't help but, you know, everywhere you go in Sydney, um, even if it's the nicest restaurant with suit and ties, if, there's, uh, if the Seven Seasons is going, there's rugby on TV somewhere, <laughs> you know. And so I, I started getting intrigued by this one. My gosh, this is everywhere. And I, I fell in love with the, with the rabbit toes because I fell in love with Sydney. I mean, Sydney was a beautiful city. Um, I got to climb the bridge. I did all the, the cheesy tourist stuff, but it, that's what you're supposed to do, right? And, yeah, um, sure. We had, you know, we had, we had fun. I fell in love with Strong Boy Slider, but everywhere I went, I, I just couldn't take my eyes off of the TV having uh, rugby. Now, I'd heard of rugby. I'd never really understood it, but I started to understand it. And then I just said, well, you know what? This is my team. I, I really, really like this team. And, and when I went... They were not good. Let me tell you something. They were not as good as they are now. They were pretty bad at the time. And uh, I was, uh, but I, you know what? I, I don't care. I, I come from Chicago, and we have underdogs here, every, you know, every year. So I picked the underdog, and it was South Sydney Rabbitohs. I like the colors. I like the team. I'm gonna. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing for Australians. I like the owner. <laughs> okay, I think he's a good actor. I like him. <laughs> you know, they had Benji. Ma- I think the the Madden brothers played at the grand final, and um, um, good child. And I think it was Benji Madden. He followed um, South Sydney, and he didn't even know Russell Crowe was the owner. He had no idea. So there you go. See, and I, I learned that later on, but I was I was glad to hear that because I am a fan of his acting. I mean, I, you know, I know he's from Australia, and some people might say that's cheesy, but I think he's great. And I think, <laughs> uh, again, the people of Australia are great, but I, I do love South Sydney Rabbitohs. I, I eventually hope to get over there and go to a, an actual match. Um, you know, we have a, a big rugby following here in Chicago. There's a rugby bars that you can go to. There's there's places that you can actually just go into, and they do nothing but uh, you know have rugby on TV. So 
I'm very lucky to be in a city that's that open-minded about sports because I'll tell you what, you go down to Mississippi and you're not going to find rugby. But um, <laughs> I'm lucky enough to be here, and I am a South Sydney Rabbitohs fan, so if there is any people that are Rabbitohs fans out there and you're going to be in the Chicago area, look Trent Anderson up the Bang Tango, and we are going to hang, and I will buy you a beer. And uh, let's, if they do, let's make sure they bring you some merch and pay, pay you in, in uh, <laughs> green and red. I'm like... I told my wife, I told my wife, listen, I'll buy a jersey when I get home. I want a jersey so bad, but, you know, and I get over here and they're like 120 bucks. I'm like, mother, I should have bought them when I was there, you know? Yeah, they're not much cheaper in Oz, I've got to tell you, they're a bit of a rip-off. Um, okay, so uh, let's finish. Thanks for uh, coming on, and we were doing an interview before for a magazine, so thanks for doing this as well. Give us a song off Pistol Whipped uh, from in the Bible Belt. Hey, uh, Steve, let's play Suck It Up, man. That's my, one of my favorite songs. It's one of the heavier grooves on there, and I think... Uh, I think the people will really dig it on your show.
this is Tommy from the Casanovas and you're on White Line Fever. So welcome back. Uh, we're standing not quite in the middle. We're on the sideline at the Royal Thai Police Stadium, 86-0, Philippines over Thailand, in the very first ever international played in Asia. And the scoreline, I suppose, is secondary, but you're glad you won match drama. Yeah, mate. It was, it was such an honour to, first of all, represent your country. Um, there was a lot of sets of brothers in the team. I got to play with my older brother for the first time ever. Um, so, yeah, it was just a great honour to represent you know, my mother's birth country. And, I never thought it actually happened, but it's it's happened now, and we come away with a really good win. So um, yeah, it's it's happy days. Yeah, you've been talking about doing this for a while, haven't you? Yeah, it's been something in the back of my head. I've always wanted to do um, away from obviously the Gold Coast Titans uh, in the off season. I, I always said I'd love to play, you know, for the Philippines. So now that's actually happened, it's such an honour, and um, yeah, hopefully it can continue. So the background of this was that a few years ago you said you'd like to do it, but did you have any idea how it could be achieved? No, no idea really. It was, I seen the Facebook page and I thought it was a bit of a G up saying, you know, Philippines Rugby League. And so I, I just inquired and uh, next thing they had like a Cabramatta 9 tournament. I told my brother about it and got a few blokes I know that are Filipino to jump on board. And um, yeah, and, and a year later here it is 13 aside playing an international test match. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's happy days. And as I said, hopefully it can continue on for the next few years. You're about to go to the Philippines. Have you been? You spent a lot of time there before? Um, no, I'm not going to the Philippines this so yeah, I'm leaving back to Australia just to focus on, um, obviously, the, I've got the Gold Coast Titans uh, pre-season coming up, so I want to get ready for that, but obviously next year I'll be back in the Philippines, and I've been there a few times as well, so the boys are going to have a blast, yeah. And mate, obviously people say that, oh, it'll never catch on, why are they bothering? They're the cynics, aren't they? What do, what do you say to those people? Yeah, it's, <laughs> obviously, even, I can admit, I was probably one as well, but Obviously, all the coaching staff, um, the Filipino Rugby League's done a really good job, and um, hopefully they promote the game over there a bit in the Philippines. And yeah, I can I can see a lot of juniors coming through now. Though you know, there's a benchmark now that um, there is a team out there. I when I was a young fellow, I would have loved to you know there was a Philippine team, but and now there is one. We're we're part of the first one ever, so it's a great benchmark to have. And as I said, hopefully it continues on for the next few years. Yeah. And um. You're going home to uh, the off-season. I mean, maybe uh, you've lost a halfback. What, what, what are your thoughts there? Do you know anything about it? <laughs> oh, mate, nah. It's a, it's a bit of fun here, you know, playing the... I've always been playing in the halves growing up, but, um, yeah, mate, I'm just I'm just focusing. Obviously, when I go back, focusing on having a good year with the Gold Coast Titans, hopefully securing a spot in the 17 somewhere, mm. and, um, yeah, looking forward to a really big pre-season. Two more questions. What was your favourite moment from the game? You got one? Uh, probably favourite moment was uh, probably seeing my... Older brother, you know, he got got two tries. He had a score, and I, I was the first one down to congratulate him. So it's it's funny we've never played together. So that was a pretty proud moment. And yeah, obviously scoring a try for your country is obviously on any level is um, pretty overwhelming and pretty satisfying. So um, that and not and probably the biggest one was just running out um, singing the national anthem. You know, I never thought it actually happened, and it has. And, yeah, it was a great day, yeah. Really and, good day. And the last question in the off-season here, when I said you lost your heart back, I mean, the Titans appear to have. So, uh, is that... that's, that's the to, You know, was Prince, uh, Scott Prince perhaps going to Hull? I mean, that's got to be a big shock to you when, you when you're here. Yeah, well, I only heard about this the other day. I'm not too sure what's going on there with um, Scotty, but um, hopefully I'm praying that he stays at the club because he's such a great player and he's a lovely bloke, but uh, I guess time will tell and... Yeah, I'm just praying he stays at the club, yeah. You might end up in the halves, uh, not only for your country, but your club. Oh, mate, you, know, you never know. I'll let Cardi decide that one, but I'm just I'm just hoping to get in the 17 somewhere in the go for the Gold Coast Titans, that's for sure, yeah. Thanks for your help, man, and thanks for your help all week.
of wine and some sweet perfume Next thing I knew she was standing right next to me with Take Me Down Below of the great new album Monster and I'll definitely want to be playing a few more tracks off that in the weeks ahead. Okay, this week we are coming to you from Manila. It's my first night in Manila. What am I doing? Am I out at go-go bars or checking out the sites? No, I'm here recording White Line Fever. Uh, since we last spoke, there's been a few rugby league results, so we'll go through them. Uh, Cook Islands 28, Lebanon 24, Fiji 22, Italy 18, Junior Kangaroos 48, Junior Kiwis 16, Australia 18, New Zealand 10, Greece 26, Vanuatu 14, France 20, Wales 6, Ireland 30, Scotland 18, England Knights 56, Ireland 4, and you just heard from Matt Srama, 86-0 win they had over Thailand in the first 
uh, ever international played in Asia. I was there, it was just uh, yesterday. Um, now, we'll just do a little sound grab just to show that I'm uh, not cutting corners, even though I'm on the road. Here's Benji Marshall talking about the fact that James Tamo, the New Zealand-born James Tamo, uh, took the Kiwis apart in Townsville. Oh, back to these, back to these questions. Um, yeah, nah. I mean, well, yeah, well, that, that's why he's in the team, isn't he? Um, you know, he's made his decision, and we're far past that now. Um, you know, Big Sammy made his decision to play with us, and that's that's all that matters to us. Um, good luck to James, Aussie Jim, apparently. Good luck to him, Aussie Jimmy. I love that second Aussie Jim. Plenty of uh, sarcasm there. Uh, didn't really come across in the newspaper reports, but uh, okay. Um, sometimes I sort of speed through this program and sort of lean a little bit on um, results and news and plugging websites and don't really talk about what's happening. And I'm in Manila tonight, so I should I should really just. Uh, at least mention that. I can't tell you much about the city. I only arrived uh, a few hours ago, but I can tell you had a great week in um, Bangkok. For the first time in my life, I can appreciate why people move there and stay there. Um, it's, I mean, if you come from Australia in particular, the exchange rate is uh, amazing. You can get amazing sort of silver spoon service for uh, next to nothing. Um, and it is, uh, it is a pretty interesting, exciting city. Great um, food. Uh, and like I said, I've passed through before, I've kind of uh, enjoyed it, but never really had an appreciation of uh, why so many people move there, and I, I guess I got a bit more of, a, of an appreciation this week. Loved the game at the footy, um, the crowd was tiny, about 150, and uh, you can say, well then why are we doing it? Um, you could certainly say that about the Philippines side, because they're all uh, foreign-based professionals or part-time professionals, but they are here now, uh, somewhere else in this hotel. I suspect they're out, actually. They've got more of a life than me. And they're actually... Uh, that's what's good about the trip for them. It's not so much the game. 86 nil as, um, as anyone would say, is, uh, is not very competitive and doesn't really prove much. But they are doing coaching clinics, visiting orphanages, and really trying to get rugby league off the ground in the Philippines uh, this week. Although, unfortunately, they're not playing. They'll be playing here next year. As far as uh, Thailand is concerned, uh, it gave players... Uh, some exposure to the game. Uh, you can't say that it gave too many fans an exposure to the game. But apparently the Thai Rugby, League, rugby Union sorry, are very restrictive in their practices uh, and that there's a lot of frustration about the Thai Rugby Union. And so uh, now there is an alternative uh, for people. Um, and particularly, I believe, um, you know, the game would have gone done very well in some other outlying areas where there's a more of a rugby union presence but for various commercial reasons it was held in Bangkok so hopefully it's more a word of mouth thing among the rugby community in Thailand as to the lasting impression of uh, the game but they're hoping to have a competition up and running next year and as I said a lot of frustration with uh, rugby union and it's hoped that rugby league can capitalize on that okay um on with uh, the business the next song is going to be uh, a new release from uh, Aerosmith would have been great. It's like something from 20 years ago. We've got a new Kiss song followed by a new Aerosmith song. Um, the, what I want to plug this week is whitelinefever.ning.com um, and uh, the uh, question for argument's sake this week is what countries do you think we should be playing rugby league in? Maybe you don't agree with some of the uh, territories we're aiming at at the moment. Maybe we should be looking at other territories. So come and uh, tell us what you think. whitelinefever.ning.com that uh, site does need a bit of cleaning up, and I'll be doing that over the next uh, few days. The uh, You can follow us on Twitter, WLF Podcast. That's WLF Podcast.
podcast. Um, and the other thing I want to plug this week, and it's big at the moment, uh, for me anyway, is hotmetalonline.com, the great, uh, iconic Australian magazine. Uh, has it been cited for 20 years? Now it's back in a big way at at uh, hotmetalonline.com and some really uh, exciting stuff happening there. Okay, so next up is Lover A Lot from Aerosmith. Then we have the final part of our Angels interview and we'll talk to you soon, probably somewhere between um, the Hawaiian All-Stars match in Honolulu against Queensland Indigenous and Guns N' Roses on Halloween in Vegas. I'll be at both of those. I hope you have a great weekend and uh, thanks for tuning in.
Yeah, hi, this is uh, Clifford Ho from Kings of the Sun, and you're listening to White Lines Fever, and um, there's a road to nowhere out there, and you just got to go out and find it. Woo! Okay, we're back. Final part of the interview uh, with the Angels, and I did tell the guys last time that um, there was no more controversy. I'll ask one more slightly controversial question. There's a st- along with the band, there's kind of a soap opera, isn't there? Like, there's been a major newspaper feature. There's been a documentary. Um, John Brewster, how do you feel? Do you feel you've come out of those looking? It's good. Is it healthy that the people are interested in that, or do you feel that maybe there's part of the story that wasn't told in those two? Now's your chance, I suppose. Oh well, you know, we just keep we just keep writing the story, I suppose. But <laughs> I mean, that documentary, no way get you know the yeah. rest of it. Um, I love it because that was we what we did was we, we we tried to put back together something that belonged back in the past, and it actually worked musically for a while. We said to the cameraman, look, just follow us around. Whatever happens, just film it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, whatever, what happened was, you know, I mean... Buzz was on the phone to his lawyer a lot. <laughs> oh, Christ. You know, I mean, it was... It was it's quite funny in a way, but... Uh, it, funny, you know, we had, we had lots of problems with Buzz, and Buzz wasn't allowed to come to the management meeting at the end of the tour because they, had, oh. they couldn't... You know, they had enough of him, and we had to tell him. And, and there's this great camera shot which pans around and goes, "There's an empty chair." You know, it's, some people call it the empty chair documentary. It sounds like uh, some kind of monster. That it's a lot like some kind of monster. And you know, I mean, you know, Buzz is there in front of the camera saying, "And you know, I signed my contract, Piston Stone." Well, he, so- he signed into a contract that was already in existence. He joined the band. You know, when you join a band, you you sign the record deal. You know. And I don't think that's true anyway. John, how did you look upon the, and this is when the Screaming Jets were coming through, the sort of metal period of the Angels, which was kind of after you left, you know, the Beyond Salvation period where they managed by Alan Niven and, you know, the songs were covered by Great White and they opened for Guns N' Roses. As an Angels fan, I'm interested to hear how you looked upon that era. Yeah, well, it's interesting because Guns N' Roses played Marseille and Take a Long Line, Mm -hmm. which has got nothing to do with that period you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great White did uh, Can't Shake It and Face a Day. Again, nothing to do with that period. It's all the earlier period. Um, did I like the, the Metally Angels thing with the nah? Not much. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I had respect for what they were doing, and, you know, I wasn't in the band. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I never felt that, you know, it was, you know, the band couldn't be the Angels without me in it or anything. I'd never have that kind of, um, I don't know if it's ego or whatever, mm. but. Um, it wasn't my favourite period, put it that way. But they did some great stuff. I mean, I think the, the, uh, I wasn't there for uh, their cover of uh, uh, Gotta Get Out of This Place, but I think it's stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good Smart take thing. on that. And there's some how other... do you treat the sort of Beyond Salvation songs at rehearsal? Like, have, you know, how have you, have, have you broached the subject or...? What's Beyond what's... Salvation songs? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we do any. Mm-hmm. It's just because it doesn't suit the players in the band at the moment, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think um, what with the new stuff and, and with the selection of old stuff, I mean, I, we, we haven't even really started getting into the depths of it. We, we probably know, uh, I've I probably got, I don't know, 35 songs down pat, you know. Yeah. Think of the, all the rest of them, you know, there's a thousand. So, uh, so, so if an angel stands through at the back of the room and said, play that, you'd be about one in three you'd be able to play, basically, is that what... <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I mean, there's some songs here that I, you know we probably will revisit just because they're really. I think we've got some great songs which we never do, like "Shoot It Up," for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the Watch the Red Album, I love that song, and and you know the songs like "No Exit," which we do try to add every now and again, but haven't done it for years now. But I reckon that's a great song. 
mm-hmm. straight jacket, you know. Um, I think we're going to have to start playing longer shows, but you know what? <laughs> I don't mind about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. We did this thing in fest- uh, the QPAC Theatre in Brisbane. We mm. recorded it. We got a live album out of that. Mm. And we did a, an intermission. And it was very different. I was sitting up in the afternoon going, oh, I don't know, the Angels playing at a theatre like this, this is going to work. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people get to sit down. They, you know, they drive into the car park. They come down the lift. They go and get a drink <laughs> at the bar, walk in and get a, a seat. And uh, the light show was incredible. Yeah, how was that night? It was us in one half of the auditorium, in one of the auditoriums, and Annie, I think, was playing in the auditorium. <laughs> or was it Sound of Music or something? <laughs> I something said, like who do you reckon's rocking out more? <laughs> us guys or Yeah, yeah. So, so Dave, is, is your t- do you have a set period at this point in the band, or is it just uh, as you go? And, and, and the Jets are going to... Put that put out something new soon too. Is that right? Um, yeah. Well, Paulie Rosine's been working on some stuff. We're going to re- be recording that in uh, Scotty Kingman's studio somewhere towards the end of the year, just to see what we've got. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just uh, playing it as it comes. I mean, uh, we've got plenty of gigs actually lined up all through next year with the Angels. So we'll uh, we'll just see how it all pans out. So you'd be a bit like Jack White, you know, when one of your band has, bands has a break, you have two of the other one. Is that the way it works? I've long said that uh, Tex Perkins is uh, is my idea of, of how you do it. You know, you can, cool old Tex can just walk in do anything he wants and uh, it's all about getting your timetable and right, I guess. John, just a final word on the future, I suppose, of the Angels. I mean, where do you see yourselves being sort of five years from now? You've got a lot, a lot of influences and connections overseas. Do you see yourself picking up those connections again? Yeah, well, actually, there's a guy in France that's talking about releasing our album through Europe at the moment. So, you know, that that's great. You know, this guy, his name's Eric Kubard, and uh, he came over with his wife in 1999 and uh, on tour of the band, and and he loves a new album. You know, I honestly don't know. I mean, we, we, we you know, do we have a three-year plan? Maybe we do. For the first time in our lives, we might have a three-year plan. But our, our agent, Tony Grace, is... He's put together quite a schedule for next year. Then you've got 2014, which is going to be our 40-year anniversary. Um, you know, I'd like to think that we've had a reconciliation with Doc. I don't mean mm-hmm. as far as him being in the band mm-hmm. again. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, but we'll do something to celebrate have an the fact that An all-star start. night or something like that? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I think we'll do, we'll do something mm-hmm. to, to celebrate the fact that we've been around that long. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's quite a... You know, Rick... Rick just got this award with guitar, excuse me, with the guitar magazine about, you know, they wrote, voted him number five all-time mm-hmm. greatest guitar players. Well, there's a lot of great guitar players in this country, but I, I, I think it's great that he got that, that uh, recognition. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the way he plays a guitar, it's for the body of work he's done. Because uh, he's done, a, you know, a little, We've done a lot of good stuff, I reckon, mm. and, Rick, and Rick is at the forefront of that with his beautiful playing. And, and and I, you know, I just think, you know, we're going to continue to build that that story, and 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 we will celebrate that. You know, I think 40 years is pretty remarkable mm-hmm. that a band can be around for that long and, and still relevant. I think. Guys, you've been very uh, generous with your time. One more song, and we'll say goodbye. What are we going to finish off with? Um, Your song, Life Gets Better. Life Gets Better. Excellent.
yonder <laughs> and I'm not even gonna try to rhyme anymore <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive the album the band you get a chance come and check us out live we're gonna rock your socks off and whatever rock like fuck that's what I say okay <laughs> come on down and rock on 